With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Strange Talk with Doc. I'm going to do something a little bit different today than I normally do. I'm going to tell you some things. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to deal with my subject matter. After I deal with my subject matter, I'm going to go into sports, TV, regular news, and things like that. And then I'm going to give a a brief update of anything or any thoughts that I may have later on that deals with my subject matter at hand. Now, I might do something I don't normally do. I might use some racial epithets that I don't normally use. Strange Talk with Doc is not a place that I throw around the N-word, but there's some stories that are in here where I must use the word as it was said. So that being said, you have been forewarned. There will be some cussing going on because some of these topics hit me in a way that I'm not going to be able to over-educate my dialogue I'm not looking for another word to describe a feeling that's organic to me, but I'm just letting you know. And today we're going to deal with black people. I need you to stop being stupid and wake the fuck up. And we're also going to deal with the 11th anniversary of my best and worst day that I've ever had in my entire life for the most part. Okay, so let's start off with black people stop being stupid. Okay, we a couple of things that we need to get out of the way. First and foremost, we're not monolithic. Monolithic reinforces stereotypes. It lumps all people together into a group or category. Okay, we are not that. Black America's black population, the world's black population, makes up many differences geographically, gender-wise, uh, finances social beings, education, you can go on. That's one of the things, or a lot of the things that separate us from each other without even going into the fact that no group of people for the most part are monolithic. Then we have to deal with the fact of mutual exclusivity. And that is when two plans are mutually exclusive, implementing one will automatically rule out the other. It is a term to describe two or more events that cannot happen simultaneously. I'm going to give you an example, right? Say you roll a dice. You cannot roll a five and a three simultaneous on a single day dice. But however, you can roll a five and a three on two dice. So do you understand? I'm sure that you understand fully what I'm getting at. First of all, we're not monolithic. And then there are things that are mutually exclusive that don't make sense. Twitter this week went fucking crazy with this Kyrie backtracking to the point that black people started posting videos of Tucker Carlson in some way or another backing 
Kyrie Irving. This is Tucker Carlson, people. Are we so fucking stupid that we are now using Tucker Carlson to manipulate us as though he cares if we don't, if we went to civil war with each other tomorrow? This is Fox News and Tucker Carlson, and you are now bigging up videos because he's finding a way, he's finding some way somehow to say that Kyrie is being used, emasculated. And even if he's 100% right, it's also, you have to think about the source of the information. Then we have this Louis Farrakhan. Louis Farrakhan, who, for some reason, a group of black people love him. And see, this is where mutual exclusivity comes in. It's all right that some people love him. And it's also all right that some black people criticize him. One is not right, nor is the other wrong. They're both right and they're both wrong. If you feel that he has done something to uplift your life, then you are good and fine with that. But if you find him irrelevant, that does not take your blackness away. We have to, one, stop this bullshit by telling other black people their value as black people. Black people are black people. We don't experience the same hardships. We don't experience the same uplift. We don't experience the same anything for the most part, other than the fact that we are black in America. You take a black lawyer, you set him on a corner. Some white people who have a certain feeling towards black people see him, they don't see an attorney. They see a black man, maybe a threat. You take a gangster and you put him in the right situation and he's not acting thuggish and these white people will accept him. So that's just the way it goes. We have stopped got to stop acting almost like the MAGA mentality, but opposite, that, you know, we're just following in the masses. We're making stupid arguments. We're making comparisons. Every time something happens to somebody white that could be 100% wrong doesn't mean that you should want it to happen for a black person because it would still be 100% wrong. And so we need to kill that mentality totally. These bad comparisons was what happened with Dylan Roof, right? Would the cops took him for lunch? Hell no. But why would you want a black kid who may do the same crime to get the same treatment? Shouldn't you want them both to be treated like shit? I mean, that's just a question. You ask yourself, do you think that? You know what? Uh, I ran into black Israelites in my life. And the first time I ever ran into him was, if you are a Brooklynite, you know where RB Square Mall is. This is downtown Brooklyn. I was walking up the block. I happened to be working on Wall Street at the time. So I had on a suit and a tie and some shine shoes. You know the look. And as I was walking by, these fucking uh, dudes looking like they straight out of uh, a fucking rock video. I'd never seen them before in my life. They decide that out of everybody on the block, they want to call me yellow nigger. So this stopped me in my track. It stopped me directly in my track. I'm like, who the fuck are these um dudes looking like they're from Planet Funk? Uh, you know, African Bombada dressed up in all this leather with on bands. Look at this yellow nigger. Who the fuck he think he is? He's one of those traders. I'm like, yo, dude. You know what? If you got some knowledge to kick, kick it, but you ain't got to fucking attack me. And I went in straight into my Brooklyn mode because fear was no longer even on the table. I was just angry to be attacked. by. I had never been attacked in the streets 
by a group of black men when I wasn't doing anything, but they were judging my blackness because I guess I was too high yellow to be what they considered about the cause. How fucking dare you tell some black person what is inside them, what their fight, what their struggle. You don't know what they went through. I have no clue what another black man or black woman has gone through in their life, the roadblocks that they have faced. They might be highly educated and have been turned down for job after job. They might have been denied housing. They might have been denied fairness and 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 chances for advancements at their at their their office. Does that mean that just because somebody who's a street guy has went through a harder time, you know what? Maybe this adds up to the same kind of spirit of racism and denial as that guy was on the street who feels like he has no choices but to be on the street. When this other dude has made a choice that he wants to be a part of corporate America and corporate America is going and telling him to go fuck himself at every turn. So he's underpaid. He's underemployed. His education doesn't meet uh, the standards that he should be living at only because of the color of his skin. But when we perpetuate, not anybody else, when we, the insiders, perpetuate bullshit about our own selves, when we go to this monolithic mindset that anybody who does not fall into the class that we decide is what is black, and you start denigrating other people's blackness, you are fucked up. I want nothing to do with you. You need to look at yourself. I don't give a fuck if you need to write this shit down on paper. Write it down on paper and see if it makes sense when you read it back. You say to yourself, if I was just reading this blindly, would this make sense what I just wrote? And I'm here to tell you that more than likely what you're saying is not going to make zero sense. You're going to come off sound like a complete and utter ass. Like I said, go for who you go for. But don't knock down the next person because you can. Because you want to know something? When you post that shit on Twitter... When you post that shit on Instagram, when you post that shit on Facebook, the others are always looking. And you know what? They will side in. They will start agreeing. They will start retweeting. They will start sharing. They will start liking. And they will know the ways in which to attack other black people through black people. And it makes no fucking sense. All you got to do is shut up, maybe. Stop being stupid. Think about what you post. Think about what you say. Think about who you big up. If they have done nothing positive, don't give them. Don't give a Tucker Carlson all these fucking likes. All of a sudden, this Tucker Carlson is getting likes and retweets. Not by white people. White people saying, we've been saying this shit for years. We know how to manipulate this system. It's our system. But now we're going to allow you to be also manipulated because we have gotten to the point as black people in America where celebrity is right at all time. And that shit is garbage. Kanye can be wrong. Kyrie can be wrong. And you could still be pro-militant black. It is okay to criticize. It is okay to correct anybody who is doing wrong. It does not take away your blackness. And the thing is, if you think that your blackness is on the line for speaking your mind or thinking that you don't have freedoms, and that's bullshit also, you have freedoms. 
Think about this. Who's coming to your house to arrest you for speaking your mind? Nobody. Has a warrant been placed for your arrest? Have you been violated on parole or probation for just speaking your mind? No, you have not. You don't know nobody who has. That day is that ship has sailed. I mean, will it make people look at you? Maybe. Maybe. If you're saying some real incendiary bullshit and you know you can't scream fire in a movie theater and that's the type of shit you're doing, sure, somebody might look at you. But for the most part, nobody's coming after you. Nobody is targeting you. You're not that fucking important. What you are important is this, that your viewpoints matter, that your your job matters if you want to stay employed. By saying stupid shit, bigging up stupid shit, and liking stupid shit, we need to get away from that. You know what? Social media is a big downfall for the black community because it's showing a it's allowing a lot of people who think that they're intelligent to prove how unintelligent they really are. I mean, it's really giving them a voice to some people who should have their voice hushed a little bit or a voice to people who should spend more time educating themselves about certain facts. Now, that's basically all I want to say about that. Now, I want to go on to the 11th anniversary of a top moment in my life that is among, I'm sorry, among the worst things that's ever happened to me and one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. On 11-11-11, I went to work. I was working at a law firm. It was a regular day at work, and I'm going to make this story short as I possibly can. It was a regular day at work. Nothing out of the abnormal. I went downtown Brooklyn after work. I met a buddy of mine over near Juniors. I wasn't feeling well, so I cut off the uh, meat quickly. I might have only met with this brother for 10 minutes. And by the way, rest in peace, Tony, because that's who I met that day. I got on the train, and my temperature must have shot, too. And we're talking about November 11th in New York City, so it wasn't that warm out. My temperature must have shot to about where it felt like it was 95 degrees on my body. And I started sweating profusely. Now, I'm on a train with people that I would see basically every day, even though it's New York. There's certain if you ride the same car every day at the same time, you're going to pretty much see some familiar faces. And I mean, I got super dizzy. I was sweating. I couldn't breathe. Long story comes to short. I make it to my stop. Some way or another, I make it up the steps. I start walking. It took me three hours to make what would be a 15-minute walk to my home. I was living on East uh, Ocean Parkway at the time. If you're from Brooklyn, you know where Ocean Parkway is. Ocean Parkway and Avenue C. Well, that night, I finally make it home. Some way or another, I was able to gather the strength to even pick up food for my wife. I lay down in bed. She could tell that my clothes are soaked. I mean, through my socks, my pants, my shirt, everything's soaked. I just want to go to bed. Well, the next day, she's like, listen, baby, I don't care what you're doing. I'm taking you to the hospital. So we get to the emergency room, and I go to the emergency room, and everybody thinks I have pneumonia. Well, come to find out I don't have pneumonia because they gave me a test, and they told me that my heart was in failure. Okay. My heart was in failure. They gave me some pills that allowed me, and I did a, a 
a podcast on this. It's a short one. One of those clips you could find. I pissed for maybe five or six minutes. I mean, I must have peed out like gallons of water. So I was able to breathe. But they started running tests on me. And uh, the last test, they found out that I had arteries that were clogged. And my vowel was damaged. So this is where we get to. That was the anniversary. This was beginning of wind up being a, one of the worst periods because for the next 12 days, it took about, no, I'm sorry. It took about a month before I could actually have heart surgery. And I had heart surgery on December 12, 11. So it went from 11, 11, 11 to 12, 11, 11. I had heart surgery. I wound up being in a hospital to 12, 22, 11. I was in the hospital a grand total of 11 days. Now, this is where it became the greatest thing that ever happened to me. While I was in this hospital, my job had known what was going on with me. For some reason or another, I don't think they allowed anybody to contact me because I never received a phone call. My wife never received a phone call. I never even got an email or a text. And I guess they were trying to protect themselves from giving out any personal information. So I'm going to, in a way, have to forgive them for that. But while I was in this hospital, this is a guy who had a, a level of popularity in the neighborhood. I used to hang around with sometimes 10, 15 guys, a grand total of two people. And this is hard for me to actually admit, but you're going to be raw. You got to be raw. A grand total of two people reached out to me while I was in the hospital. No family, no cousins, no aunts, no uncles, nothing. No nieces, no nephews. A grand total of two people, excluding my wife, reached out to me while I was in the hospital. This is a person who went through 11 and a half hours of surgery, who after surgery could not walk, could not move, had tubes coming in and out of everywhere. See, and this is where I say this is great, because to me, the greatest thing a person could ever do to you is reveal themselves, right? That is my perspective on life. That's my mindset. This was life altering. I could have died at any moment. Some people made me promises before surgery that they would reach out to at least my wife to find out how I was doing. People didn't even reach out to my wife to find out if I had made it through surgery because I'm not one to post updates about how I'm doing on social media. That's not me. You can go to my social media website and it's very little personal information. Almost everything that I do on social media revolves around strange talk with Doc, not Doc himself, because I don't think you really care about what I ate. You don't care where I just vacationed. You don't care about my bank account, my guns. You don't care about that shit. You care about what I say on this podcast, so I keep it to that. But when these people revealed themselves to me, it let me know who I was to these people. It also let me know that maybe I had never extended myself properly to certain people who I thought I did. See, I never blame ill adjusted person for how they treat me. I also blame myself for how I allow myself to be treated. But it also released me from a lot of bullshit, a lot of stuff that I no longer had to carry no people that I never had to hear that how close they were to me because I was at the most desperate point in my life 
and nobody, I mean, not even a text. Hey, brother, how you doing? I mean, I had my phone with me. I was able to get on my phone, but I didn't even have well wishes on my phone from employed people I was working with, nor people in my private life. And for the most part, what I did was I stepped away from everybody because I had no choice. I did not want to be around people who could tell me that they felt this way about me, but yet and still, they didn't really give a fuck. Because see, you know, that's when you tell and show somebody when they are going through dark times. And I did a podcast on that. When you're going through dark times, Who's there? When you look around, is that room empty? Is that room full? And I say, bless you to those who have that room full of people visiting and you have so many visitors, people have to sneak a pass to get to you. But see, this at this time, I was in New York. I was in Brooklyn. I was a train, just a few train stops away from people that I've known for 20, 25 years. A lot of them drove. Did they get together on a Saturday and say, let's go check out Doc, man, see how this brother's doing? But he did not. I mean, so I'm never mad at them. I considered them to be a great day. I considered them to be a beautiful thing. I mean, when you reveal to me who you are, if you're hateful, if you're loving, that is fantastic. The veil is off. There's no hiding anymore. I know who you are. I know who the snake is. I know who the lamb is. So it's a beautiful thing. And not to say that the one of the people who visited me, we still remain close. No, we're not close at all. We're not in any contact whatsoever. But in that situation, he knew I would have been there for him. So he was there for me. So you can take a negative and it can be a positive if you allow yourself to have the proper perspective on any situation. I never took this as a negative. I never cried about it. I never got angry with anybody about it. I never was argumentative about it. I just said, it is what it is. I live my life as it is what it is. And I am able to, thank God, be able to swallow any pill that is given to me. I find the saliva, I find a good glass of water, and if it, even though it's tough, I swallow and I get it down, it stays down, it digests, it dissolves, and it becomes a part of my being. And I am just built that way, and I'm thankful I'm built that way. Am I happy that I had to go through what I had to go through to get to where I was? Hell no. Would I prefer to have never experienced that? Hell yes, I would have preferred not to, but it was for me. It was for me. So I didn't complain about it. I took it on as a man. I had a beautiful wife to stay in there with me, to fight through every moment with me, to help me recover, to help me get better, to also still be on my ass about certain things just so that we don't get back in that situation ever again, because there's no guarantee that I'll make it through the next time. But I made it through that time and I appreciate life. I appreciate life more. And maybe that's another thing that makes it great is because maybe I was taking life for granted and I didn't realize how much I was taking life for granted at the time, but I no longer do. I thank you for sitting through those two topics with me. I hope somebody got something out of it. I hope I get something out of it. I will listen back myself just to see what I was saying, if I made sense or not. And let's move on to the regular portion to the sh- of the show. Okay, people, Thanksgiving is coming up next Thursday. Uh, 
I don't know if you celebrate Thanksgiving, but I'm going to tell you now, don't get caught up in the bullshit politics of that day. Go with the spirit of the day. Okay, just go with the spirit of the day. If you got family, you got friends, you got co-workers, people want to get together and share a meal, take it as that. Don't take it as uh, pilgrims and Indians. Move away from that bullshit. Don't let anybody make it about any politics. When getting together with loved ones become politics, then the day is done. Just, you know what, just take it as a day of love football, family, friends, and food. And when we get a chance to come together like that as a people, as a family, as a group, as a nation, as a world, there's no wrong in that. So forget about the politics. Don't let anybody cloud your mind with the politics of the day Thanksgiving. Because I am taking off next week because I know you don't want to hear from my black ass. You don't need to hear no podcast on Thanksgiving week. You want to move on with other things, you know, you know, you got your life, you wrapping up work, trying to have that extra long weekend. And I hope that you enjoyed it. And I'll see you on 1128. Uh, that's when I will be returning. Okay. So we had the midterm elections. We had no red wave, people. No red wave. Thank God. This Catherine Cortez Masto, she defeated Adam Lennox in Nevada, and that clinched the control of the Senate for the Democrats. Not that they're much better than Republicans, but they're the Democrats, right? They at least try to think in a in a more human manner. So that gives the Democrats 50 seats. And even with this nonsense in Georgia, the worst that could possibly happen is 50-50 Senate, and the Vice President Kamala Harris cast a tie-breaking vote. So that is an automatic uh, majority for the Democrats and Georgia. What the fuck is the matter with you, Georgia? Georgia, I'm going to ask you again. What the fuck is the matter with you, Georgia? You have two candidates, Raphael Warnick, there's a third idiot, and then there's Herschel Walker. And they have to now go to a December runoff. How the fuck did you allow Herschel Walker to get one point? Eight million votes. Are you that backwards and racist? I lived in the state of Georgia. And when I lived in Georgia, there was still sundown towns in early 90s. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. There were areas of Georgia where you were not really welcome as a black person. And I thought that y'all had turned the corner, Georgia, when you helped Biden get elected president back in 2020. So we had hope for you. Now you go back to this archaic manner. Herschel Walker could barely even spell the fucking word vote if you gave him the V, the T, and the E. I mean, the man, is he says nonsense, total nonsense that doesn't make sense. And do you you'll want him to be your representative in the Senate? You make no sense. Do the right thing in December at this runoff. And if you have not voted and you're from Georgia, get off your lazy fucking ass. Take yourself to the poll. Cash your vote, and once again, I'm not telling you who to vote for, but there's a smart one in this race, and there's an idiot in this race. Vote for the smart one. So we had the Powerball winner last Monday, 1.9 billion. I think it actually rose to 2.04 billion, but this fucking thing was delayed, so they couldn't even release the uh, 
the Powerball numbers, it wound up being sold in California. I've never heard of a technical delay on a Powerball. But you know what? I guess it worked out. I didn't win it. Uh, would I be still doing this if I wanted? Sure, I would be still doing it. I'd be doing it in a fucking studio that you couldn't believe. I mean, I could afford to then pay people to actually appear. I'm sure a lot of shows do that. You know, celebrities are not just going around appearing on shows left and right. I'm sure to some degree there's some compensation. So, you know what? Maybe next time. Maybe next time, people, right? So Black Panther Wakanda Forever was released, and that shit made $330 million globally in theaters. And this was on the debut weekend. You know what? I have not seen it. I'm not really into sitting in movie theaters too much. But when my chance comes, I will go and check out Wakanda Forever. So now we are coming up on the season series finale of The Walking Dead. And naturally, some black woman out of the fucking blue becomes a traitor. She uh, rats on Mercer. Mercer, with his bullshit, we're going to fuck shit up. He didn't. The next last episode, he didn't fuck up anything. Judith got shot. The herd is now inside the Commonwealth. The finale should be fire. Uh, Hard Knocks returned in season, and they featured the Arizona Cardinals. I love that show. I thought the first episode of the show was very good. And Saturday Night Live, which have only made it through the monologue, featured Dave Chappelle and Black Star, which is Jaslyn. Bay and Talib Kualib. I have not seen the rest of the episode. I'll be watching that when I eat breakfast this morning. But uh, Dave Chappelle's, uh, what would you call his monologue? He had a lot to say. Uh, Dave Chappelle was not attacking Kanye. People need to wake up, pay fucking attention. He was actually attacking Adidas. If you listen to him carefully, you will hear his attack on Adidas by mentioning their ownership and foundership by letting people be, if they did not know that they were founded by Nazis and how dare a Nazi be mad at what Kanye said. But you know what? Dave Chappelle's comedy is not really for people who don't think. It's not really for idiots. It's not for those who are feeble-minded. It's for the intelligent. It's for people who look between the lines of what he says as much as what he's saying, it's not exactly always what he's saying, it's what he implies, okay? And Dave Chappelle is a genius at implication. So I give him credit for that. I thought it was good, and I'm sure it pissed off a lot of people because he still attacked the Jews in a way. Uh, he still found a way to attack. This is what he does for a living. He just knows how to do it better than most. We lost a great UFC fighter, Anthony Rumble Johnson, former UFC Bellator fighter. He died at the age of 38. I enjoyed watching uh, Rumble Johnson's fights. Uh, uh, he fought at heavyweight, which I thought he was a little too small to be when he fought Daniel Cormier, but he was a very good light heavyweight fighter. He never got the title, but he did have two title shots, and 38 is such a young age, man. I mean, guys be out there looking like Greek gods, and you never know what's going on internally with a human being. But I wish him and his family nothing but peace. Uh, I, I say rest in peace to Brother Johnson, and 
I'm going to move on. This weekend, we had a UFC card. Israel Alessander fought Alex Pereira. Pereira beat Alessander by TKO punches at 201 of the fifth round. I did not see this card. I will be watching this card today. I heard that Alessandra made some mentions that he thought that he should have been given a little longer to go out on this sword. I will make that determination for myself when I watch this fight. And Carlos Esponza lost her title to Zhang Weili by submission, rear naked choke, 105 of the second round. Dustin Portier and Michael Chandler uh, 48 defeated Michael Chandler by rear naked choke two minutes of the third round. See, Chandler's been up and he's been down. He was great against Tony Ferguson last year with that up kick, but it seems like his UFC record is not panning out for him. Frankie Egger, who I thought should have already retired, and thank God it's finally over, he was defeated by Chris Gutierrez with a flying knee at 201 of the first round. Dan Hooker for Claudio Palaz, and Hooker beat Palaz with a body kick at 406 of the second round. Brad Rydell for Renato Marcano, and uh, Marcano defeated uh, Rydell with rear naked choke at 320 of the first round. Dominic Reyes, who has never been the same since John Jones fought Ryan Spawn, Spawn defeated Reyes by knockout punches, 120 of the of round one. Even though Spawn was a little overweight, and I think he had to give up 20% of his pay, Ryan Spawn is a, a damn good fighter. Dominic Reyes seems like he has reached his pinnacle and has been doing nothing but tumbling slowly down. And it's I feel bad for him because I thought he had actually beat John Jones. Maybe one day I'll go back and relook at that fight and see if I was wrong to begin with. And Aaron Blanchfield fought Molly McCann. Molly McCann was fighting off London Saul, UK Saul, for the first time in quite a while. And she lost by submission, a Kimura at 337 of round one. This is a highlight for me. Uh, Molly McCann with the bullshit and the British crowds going crazy for her every time she fought as though she was this special conquering hero. For this to humble her and bring her little fat ass down to earth a little bit in a big fucking head, I am more than happy. I congratulate you, Miss Blanchfield. Thank you for doing this for all of us. Andre Pulowski fought Wilmington Termat. Pulowski defeated Termat by unanimous decision. Carolina Kalashenko fought Silviana Gomez, and Kalalinko defeated Gomez by unanimous decision. Uh, one of my least favorite fighters in the UFC, Michael Trevano, fought Su Wu Chung. He defeated Chung by TKO at 451 of the first round with punches. I don't like Trevano because this is a Jersey kid who runs around with a big red, white, and blue fucking cowboy hat, a mullet. He comes off as a MAGA dude from New Jersey, which makes no fucking sense to me. He's not like from rural New Jersey. He's like from a big city in New Jersey, and he's acting like he's from fucking Alabama. He's doing like a Kid Rock version of the UFC, so he can go fuck himself. Now, next week, we have a UFC card, and I'm going to go through some of the fights on this card. This is Derek Lewis versus Sergey Spivak, right? 
uh, Cody Brunges fighting Rudolph Vera. Charles Johnson is fighting uh, Zelgas Zalamanga. Uh, Freddie Garcia is fighting Brad Henson. Uh, so this should be a decent card. If you have nothing else to do next week, the UFC does have a card. UFC on Saturday, November 19th. Once again, Derek Lewis gets a chance to show either he's got it or he doesn't because the last three or four fights have been a real struggle for Mr. Lewis, and especially since he's been getting a fight at home in Houston, and it seems like that's bad vibes for him. Maybe fighting back in Vegas will do him well. Now, let's, let's move on to the NBA, and I want to give props to Luka Doncic. He became only the second NBA player ever with nine consecutive games of at least 30 points to begin a season. He did finally stop the streak, but, I mean, that's a hell of an accomplishment. And when are we going to start talking about Kawhi Leonard never playing? I mean, is he the most damaged, unbroken dude in the history of the NBA? I mean, in the last three years, Kawhi is basically, no, no, no. We can go all the way back to the Spurs days. So we're going to say the Spurs, Toronto, and the Clippers. He's given none of them a full season and uh Nobody even talks about it. They just give him a free pass. He collects money from New Balance. He collects money from the NBA. He goes out there and he barely plays. I mean, if he gives them two games, I mean, and this year he's not even playing and starting. He's coming off the bench. He's playing limited minutes off the bench, and he can't even do that. The Los Angeles Lakers started off the season 2-10. and 10. Last night, they did beat the Brooklyn Nets, so now they are 3-10. and 10. But I had predicted that before November, the middle of November, you can go back and listen to my show, before the no- middle of November, and I believe this was the 12-step program show, I said that the Los Angeles Lakers would be eight games below 500, and they did accomplish that. Now they have Now they're only seven games back because they beat the Brooklyn Nets, which makes no fucking sense. But the Nets also have named Jock Vaughn as the head coach, right? They couldn't go with Udaka. I explained that last week. I thought this was a much better move. Udaka, you can't bring in somebody who's in trouble to a team that's already in turmoil. It wouldn't make sense. Now, I'm going to give you what I consider to be the games of the week in the NBA. Monday, you got the Suns versus the Heat. You got the Hawks versus the Bucks. Tuesday, you got my Spurs versus the Trailblazers. You then also you have the Clippers versus the Mavs. Wednesday, you have the Cavs versus the Bucks. The Bulls versus the Pelicans. Thursday, you got the Nets versus the Trailblazers. Friday, you got the Celtics versus the Pelicans. Nuggets versus the Mavs and Bucks versus the 76ers. Saturday, you got the Spurs going to finish the Clippers. Sunday, you got the Heat versus the Cavs. And also on Sunday, you got the Spurs versus the Lakers. Now, the NFL. The NFL, the Indianapolis Colts hired, fired Frank Wright as the head coach. Then they hired Jeff Saturday as the interim coach. Now, I know that this is considered a huge slap in the face to the black coaches and the white coaches in the league. Me, personally, I have to state this beforehand. I like Jeff Saturday. So for some reason, I'm going to actually be a little on Jeff's side of him getting this opportunity 
And I think I'm clouded, like I said, because I like Jeff. Uh, and by the way, he did win his first game as a head coach this week. Uh, is the rules right? No. But here's another thing. I can go on because it is not mutually exclusive that I can think that this is unfair and also like Jeff Saturday at the same time. One does not cancel out the other. I always enjoyed him as an announcer when I watch him on ESPN. I like his personality. I like the way he explains things. I like the way he goes about his business. And hopefully he'll be good for the Colts. They seem to like him. Ursa at least seems to like him. And you know what? I am I have no power on how black coaches get hired. The Rooney rule is a joke. Yes, the Rooney rule is a joke. I will state that unequivocally, that it's a joke. It always has been. And something has to be done to fix this. Black ownership is not going to be the be-all, end-all of getting black coaches. Because so what is one team owned by a black owner that forever in a day will have a black coach that will still make 31 others that don't necessarily have to have one so that argument is kind of stupid to me now thursday we had the panthers beat the falcons 25 15. this was one of those butt naked ugly nfc south contests so i don't even really want to go into that yesterday morning we had the bucks beat the seahawks 21 16 in germany the very first NFL game in the history of Germany. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers basically had a dominant running attack. The rookie Rashad White, 22 carries for 105 yards. And that was basically how they won that. The Dolphins beat the Browns 39-17. Miami had a 17-7 lead at halftime. And that was basically it. A season high 33 times for 195 yards and two touchdowns. Tua Tyvalova was on point again. He threw for 302 yards and three touchdowns. And then Steelers beat the Saints 20 to 10. Kenny Pickett picked up his first victory in the NFL. Steelers got TJ Watts to return, and a defense just pretty much dominated the Saints, who I don't understand why Andy Dalton is still playing. Where the hell is Jameis Winston? Where the hell is uh, Michael Thomas? Uh, Kamara was invisible. They had no chance in the world of winning this game. Congratulations to Kenny Pinkett. The Vikings beat the Bills 33-30 to in overtime. I'm going to call this the game of the year. Uh, the Vikings improved to 8-1, and one, and it was their seventh straight victory. This was a crazy game with a crazy ending. Before I get to that, Justin Jefferson had 10 receptions and a career-high 193 yards receiving and a touchdown. He made this fucking crazy one-handed catch uh, on the last drive where the defensive player had two hands on it. He came down with this one-handed catch. Uh, Josh Allen threw a horrible interception in overtime. I thought it was some bad coaching. Why were they going for the touchdown when they could have just went, I'm meaning the Bills, why didn't they just go run the ball two more times, especially with Allen's uh, elbow being the way it was or shoulder, whatever it is, run the ball when they had a decent running attack, 
get the ball closer, kick a game-winning field goal, and call it a day. They could have done this. I do not understand it. But you know what? Sometimes these coaches know much more than we do, and they, they have a feeling. But this time it did not pan out. Allen threw a very bad interception over time. And the Vikings capitalized. When the games are close, they don't seem to give up. When you have talent like Jefferson, you can go to him, just throw a ball up, and he comes down magically with it nine out of ten times. The Titans beat the Broncos. Ryan Tannehill returned. He had two touchdowns. Derrick Henry had an off game. He only rushed for 53 yards on 19 carries. And that snapped his five straight 100-yard rushing games. Russell is not cooking in ball in Denver at all. He had one long touchdown pass, and that basically was it. That offense is really abysmal with him under center. I don't know what they're going to do more moving forward with all that guaranteed cap space and money that Russ is getting. I don't think you can do anything about that. And then Russell Wilson, not Russell Westbrook, if I said that incorrectly, I'm, for, I'm correcting myself. The Chiefs beat the Jaguars 27-17. Mahomes is being Mahomes. He threw for 331 yards, and he had touchdown passes to four different receivers. He is feeding everybody. Everybody in that locker room on offense is going in there happy week after week. I mean, the KC offense almost piled up four, 500 yards, and you know the Jaguars can't hang in that kind of disco. The Lions beat the Bears 31-30. to They scored 21 points in the fourth quarter to rally for the second straight win. Uh, that's like a miracle for them, two wins in a row for the Lions. I mean, and then to come back from 21 points down, and Chicago's pretty much a one-man show, and poor – Justin Fields, it's just not enough. He ran for 147 yards. He threw two touchdowns and passed for another 167 yards. And he also ran for two touchdowns. The Giants beat the Texans 24-16. It was the Saquon Barkley show. 35 carries, career high, 35 carries for 152 yards and a touchdown. The Giants are 7-2. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, I said that. Who would have thunk it? The Colts. Beat the Raiders 25-20. Matt Ryan had a career-high 39-yard scramble on third and three in the fourth quarter to set up the winning touchdown pass. It was Jeff Saturday, like I mentioned before, Jeff Saturday's first win as a head coach in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor returned to form. He rushed for 147 yards, including a 66-yard touchdown run that pretty much capped this game. The Cardinals beat the Rams 27-17. There was no Matthew Stafford. There was no Kyler Murray. Instead, we got Colt McCoy and John Wolford. Uh, the Super Bowl champs fell for, to 3-6. and six. They also lost Cooper Cup. McCoy had a decent game. He ended the game with 230 yards passing and a touchdown, and that was more than enough to beat the Rams, who basically are garbage and a joke. The Packers beat my Cowboys 31-28 in overtime. Rodgers went 14 for 20 for 224 yards and three touchdowns to this rookie named Christian Watson. They were trailing 28-14 in the fourth quarter, then Rodgers led them on two long drives that ended with scoring pass to 
to Watson. This made no fucking sense. I mean, the Cowboys had a decent game. I didn't think Prescott was very good, but Lamb had 11 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Pollard ran for 115 yards in the score. Prescott was 20 for 46 for 265, three touchdowns, but two costly interceptions, especially since one of them came in the red zone. The 49ers played a 49er-type game and beat the Chargers 22-16. San Francisco shut down Justin Herbert. Even He completed 21-35 for 196 yards and a touchdown. That was on that first drive. I thought San, uh, Los Angeles uh, Chargers was going to have a hell of a game, but that was pretty much it. He had a big interception in the goal line, near the goal line in the fourth quarter. And Christian McCaffrey tapped it, capped that off with a 14-play, 77-yard drop. Well, Garofalo capped it off with a 14-play, 77-yard drive with a goal-line touchdown by Christian McCaffrey. Now, tonight, the Monday night football game is the Commanders at the Eagles. The only thing that I could hope is that because this is a division rivalry and anything can happen, that the commanders will put up a hell of a fight and catch the Eagles off guard and end this undefeated bullshit because nobody's going to end up a perfect record. It's better now than that later, right? I'd rather they lose and get it over with now so I don't have to hear about it anymore. Now, the upcoming, upcoming games for this week, Thursday, you got Tennessee at Green Bay. Green Bay, I think they kind of played their Super Bowl and I don't see those young receivers having that kind of game again. I'm going to take Tennessee with their running attack to beat Green Bay in Green Bay. We got Chicago going into Atlanta. I believe that Justin Fields is going to get a win this week in Atlanta. You got the Browns going into the Bills to play Buffalo, or Buffalo to play the Bills. Buffalo has to bounce back, so I think they're playing for a lot. They beat Cleveland. The Eagles are playing the Colts in Indianapolis. I'm going to go with the Eagles to actually beat the Colts. The Jets are going to New England to play New England Patriots. I got the Patriots hole and serve at home, even though the Jets are coming off a bye week. Teams don't seem to be doing too well coming off the bye. You got the Rams going to play the Saints. If Jameis is playing and Matthew Stafford is still out, I definitely say the Saints. You got the Lions going in to play the Giants. The Giants are going to whole serve at home and beat the Lions. And maybe a high-scoring game because neither one, uh, the Lions can score on anybody, but they can't seem to really stop anybody. So this might be the game the Giants actually score over 30 points, like a bond burner, maybe 38 to 35. Giants win this game. Saquon runs for almost 200 yards, one of those crazy things. Carolina is going into Baltimore to play the Ravens. The Ravens have to win this game. I don't see Carolina winning this game. The Commanders are going into Houston. This should be the shit show of the week. I mean, the shit show of the week. I am saying to myself that maybe the Commanders are better than the Texans, so they beat Houston. The Raiders are going into Denver. This is going to be shit show part dur. Uh, both these teams are going nowhere. They don't. Their offenses aren't clicking, but the Raiders have Adams. So I gotta and 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 Josh, 
Jacobs. So I have to go with the Raiders to beat Denver because Denver is not showing that they can score at all on offense. And now we then went from a pleasant season to the Cowboys in a must-win situation going into Minnesota to play the Vikings. The Vikings, like I said, is on a seven-game winning streak. Dallas has got to beat the Vikings at home. The Vikings, so I'm going with my Cowboys. This should be a very entertaining game. The Chiefs are playing the Chargers. The Chiefs are just a better team than the Chargers. The Bengals are playing Pittsburgh in the Sunday night game. I'm going with the Bengals. The 49ers are going into Arizona to play that hard knock team, the Cardinals, on Monday night football. I got the 49ers. It looks like most of the state of Florida is on the bye week next week. You got Jacksonville, Miami, Tampa Bay, and Seattle. They all have off next week. Now, my next show is going to be 1128, and the topic of that show is the holiday season is in full swing. Are you keeping it real? You'll know what I'm talking about when I talk about it that day. I just like to let you know what the future show title will be. We don't go into any details of that at this time. Now, I'm going to just wrap this up, and I'm going to say peace to you. Black people, stop being stupid. I gave you some fucking reasons that you need to wake up and stop with the bullshit. Eyes are upon us. We can't go around acting like cult members. The time to show our intelligence is now. Not, and there's no more tomorrows. It Tomorrow is today. It is time for us to show the world that we are not just led by any old celebrity who says any old thing. We are not going to be the darker skin, the melanin skin version of MAGA idiots, okay? We need to get that out of the way. I also talked about uh, my 11th anniversary of the best and the worst day of my life. I think that you might be able to relate. You might have those moments in your life where you need to reevaluate, refocus, see uh, how things are going when people reveal themselves to you. And you should if you haven't learned to appreciate the reveal, appreciate when somebody shows you that they 100% got your back. Appreciate when somebody shows you that they don't have your back at all. Take both of them with the same amount of love because it is the greatest gift that a person could ever give to you is to tell you who they really are or show you who you really are to them. And I'm going to tell you like I tell you each and every time, people. Peace to you and peace to yours. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.